0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to One Fry Short. Today we have Christina McPhillips on, and I'm really excited because she is not only my neighbor, but one of my good friends. And she is courageously telling us her story um, and her journey with postpartum anxiety. I want to preface this by saying this is a very hard topic to talk about and also to listen to, especially if you're currently in the struggle with it. And if you feel like, um, this might be too much for you to listen to right now, we can, um, I'm going to ask you to maybe move on from this episode. I'm going to also say a trigger warning that we might be talking about suicidal thoughts. Again, if that's too much, take care of yourself, move on to the next episode. Um, And enjoy.
1: Welcome to One Fry Short, you know, of a happy meal. I'm Jamie Spielmaker. And I'm Rachel Wynn.
0: We're just two women having candid and empathetic conversations about mental health and how we can support each other.
1: We are not experts, not even close. But if you want to feel less alone in your neuroses, you've come to the right place. christina hello rachel i'm so
0: excited you're on
1: thanks it was a really long commute to get here
0: (laughs) (laughs) she jumped from her porch onto mine (laughs) it's true (laughs) we need to build a tunnel system we can
1: have the kids do that
0: oh that's a good idea yeah holly with his little plastic
1: shovel yeah ben will run and uh, destroy it he's the destroyer
0: (laughs) (laughs) they each have their purpose they do yeah yeah so um christina moved in The week of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, we moved in March 11th, 2020. And I remember being in our old apartment and scheduling the movers and thinking to myself, oh, dear Lord, please don't let them cancel on us. I've got to get to the house. I don't want to be stuck in an apartment
0: during this. The timing
1: was impeccable. Yeah. Yeah, we were really lucky. And then we became friends pretty quickly because we all needed each other.
0: Yes, I honestly think that was one of the perks. Oh, yeah. So we would do um, like a circle of patio chairs yeah. on our on our front lawn. We'd all put the kids to bed. We'd all have our monitors out and then go on the front lawn and have a cocktail and then be out there till like 1130. We made up our own uh, church. Oh, we did. <laughs> do you remember? What did we call it? Oh, my
1: gosh. It had to do with a, uh, oh, my God, what's that bird? <laughs> oh, with the one eye? Was it a one eyed something? It was like a one eyed parrot. Yeah. Sort of like the spaghetti monster yes, religion. Yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, with the colander on your head, uh-huh. the strainer. Yeah. It was something along those lines. Here. We haven't made much progress. With no, that. no, this is, this is how it's been, but yeah. it was great because I didn't have that kind of support system. And I, if I think about like the best thing to come out of the pandemic, it was definitely that relationship. And, and with Natalie and Urien too, yeah. our, our neighbors who are, so we formed, I guess we formed like a three family pod.
0: Yeah, a tripod. A tripod. <laughs> That's, That's our us. religion. That yeah, is it. The tripod.
1: <laughs> but it was great.
0: Yeah, it was really nice. Um so your kids, so Christina has two kids as well. Mm-hmm. Avery is, she turned three in May.
1: Yeah, so she'll be four in a couple of months, which Mm -hmm. blows my mind. She's still baby Avery. She's still baby With her little helmet. I know, she did have a helmet. She saw a picture of herself wearing the helmet the other day and said, what's that and why did I have that on? It was so cute. It was very cute. She's a sweet thing.
0: And then Benji, it will be two in August, so he just turned one.
1: Yeah, and my best friend Kate says, um, I have a a science baby because Avery is from IVF and Ben was the au naturel uh, (laughs) uh, pandemic baby. So one science baby, one natural baby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. They're sweet. Well, you, I remember going on a walk with you (laughs) during the pandemic and you, I think Avery must've been eight or nine months old, maybe a little bit older. And you were like, I think I'm just going to have one kid. Oh, yeah, and I think that's plenty for me. And I joined Facebook groups that were called one. What was it like? One, one and done. done.
1: One and done. And
0: you were very adamant that you're going to have one kid. I didn't know why quite yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: I, then you kind of went into it.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that. You know, it was I mean, it was partially because we did IVF to get her and and that was a difficult process Um But I'm so glad we did. She's just such an amazing person. And, but the postpartum anxiety after having Avery was, it rocked my world.
0: I wasn't even familiar with postpartum anxiety. I didn't know it existed. I had heard of postpartum depression, definitely had it, refused to believe I had it, and had never heard about postpartum anxiety till you told me. Yeah. Tell us about like what that journey was like for you.
1: Sure. So, um, I guess uh, something that I've realized is that it wasn't an isolated situation. It was compounded by a lot of different things. So my husband and I lived in New York for seven years. And then April 1st, 2019, we moved down to Atlanta and we lived in a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment while we were looking for a house. And my daughter was born Mid May 2019, so about six mm. weeks after we got here. Oh, so I had found like new doctors and yeah. you know hospital to give birth in and everything. Moving
0: into a new place. To, Moving
1: yeah. into a new place. We left all of our friends. We still have a ton of friends in New York. Um, and I never really paid much attention. I kind of just was like, okay, well it's fine. We'll just be there and we'll do this baby thing. And I'll work remotely for the company that I still work for in New York. Mm-hmm. And Dave was going to start a new job. And and so we had. Avery, mid May. And I remember having my very first experiences. I was thinking about it before discussing this. I remember the postpartum anxiety starting pretty darn quickly. Mm -hmm. And I remember being at the hospital. I I should say, I am a super sleep centric person. Like, Mm -hmm. my ideal situation is getting eight to nine hours a night. Mm -hmm. I would be very happy going to bed at 9 Mm p.m. Like, my husband laughs at me, but you know, that's my personality. Yeah. Um, and I remember being at the hospital and the anxiety around her safety turned on like immediately. Mm. Sometimes they take the baby for a couple of hours and then they tell you, okay, we're going to bring the baby back in three hours. There was one point where it was middle of the night. It was probably day two. I hadn't had much sleep. I just had a C-section. My husband was asleep on the couch and I was trying to sleep and maybe dozed off for the first 45 minutes that she was gone at the nursery. And then I woke up and I counted down the minutes until it got to the three hour mark because I felt genuine fear that she wasn't okay or wasn't going to come back. Yeah. And when the three hour mark came and then three minutes, you know, into that and 10 minutes into that, I finally got my C-section body up out of bed and went down the hallway to the oh. nursery to make sure she was okay. Yeah. And it was sheer panic. Like there was something yeah. wrong with her. And none of it, when I think about it now, none of it makes sense. But I'm in a more relaxed state. She's almost four years old. Um, but there was just this constant fear of something going mm-hmm. wrong. And so that was the first experience. And, and then we went home. Um, and my husband was able to stay home for about 10 days. And that was good. But really around the three-week mark, the lack of sleep set in, he had gone back to work, Mm -hmm. I was alone with Avery, and the anxiety became um, unbearable. Mm -hmm. And So the difference between postpartum anxiety, I would say, and regular anxiety is that at almost all times of the day, you feel like you're in an actual emergency situation. Mm -hmm. So it felt like Pretend you're like in an office building Mm -hmm. and you're on a high up floor and the fire alarm goes off and you know that there's actually a fire because you see smoke and you start to run down the stairs. If you could isolate the feeling of fear that you have when you're running down the stairs, that's it. At a constant state, constant state. It was like someone was screaming In my ear that something was wrong all times of the day. Oh, God. Because
0: then you're thinking that phrase of rest when the baby rests. But I'm sure when she was resting, you're like, is she breathing?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even sleeping at night. I'm sure Dave didn't realize that I was getting up so frequently at night and staring into her her crib. Yeah. Or I would look at the baby monitor and watch her chest moving up and down.
0: Yes, yes, I've done that. Yeah. So how did you... So with regular... you did you have anxiety before having postpartum anxiety? Could you recognize that that's what that was or were you so tunnel vision in, in it?
1: You know, I think, I think I knew, I mean, when I think about myself and I've always known this about myself, I tend towards anxiety over depression. Mm -hmm. I have a really positive kind of upbeat outlook on life, Mm -hmm. but if something, if I was going to go one way, it would be about anxiety or being a worrier. Um, and so I, I think I was wondering if those things were the feelings that I was having with Avery were normal. Mm-hmm. Um, the the times that I think that it got, I realized that it was abnormal was when I started to have the darker thoughts. Yeah, and so it was probably it was August. So Avery was about three months old. We'd gotten her to start sleeping through the night in late August, but I'd put her in daycare probably, yeah, August 9th, 2019. I remember my aunt exact day. Yeah. I have a, a good memory with dates. Yeah. Um, I remember my aunt saying to me before she went in to daycare, how do you feel about putting her in? And I was like, I guess I feel okay. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to expect. And she was like, I have to tell you it was the worst day of my life. Oh, (laughs) which was probably not the best thing to hear, but, um, Oh man, she was right. It was like, I had, during the course of Avery's three month life, I'd kind of mellowed out on the postpartum anxiety when she started sleeping better, but putting her into daycare and like the physical separation mm. from her, the extraordinary guilt yeah. of being away from her, kick-started everything again. And it was like just this rush of emotions that were exhausting. And I remember having a panic attack, maybe a couple of days into her being at school. And it was so bad that I thought to myself, if this is the way the rest of my life is going to be, then I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. So I tried to ride it out and I had the thought one final time where it was like a deeper thought about how I would go about Mm. things. Um, And I, I found out through a mothers group a doctor in the Decatur area um a therapist in the Decatur area and I went to see her and I sat down in her office and I think I cried for yeah. you know 5 full minutes just sitting there and she knew that she had seen that so many times before and it was so meaningful and she handed me the tissues and she said take your time and mm-hmm. and then I was like I I don't know how I got here. I'm such a happy person. Yeah, I'm Who, am I? who yeah. am I? Where Where is this all coming from? I said basically all the things I've said to you that I'm having these terrible thoughts, um, and she said, and I said, and even if me admitting this to you means you like lock me up for seventy two hours, I have to say this to somebody because it's not who I am. Yeah, and she said. I don't think it is who you are. I think you're having suicidal ideations brought on by this extreme experience. You're exhausted, you're hormonal, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't think you're going to hurt yourself. And if I did, of course I would, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the necessary steps to protect you from yourself. And hearing that was reassuring because that was not the outcome that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely love and appreciate the life that I have and yeah. the friends that I have, the family that I have. I love my children. Um, so so it's it was scary to have those thoughts. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. So so
0: is she the first one to have labeled it um, postpartum anxiety? Yes. Yeah. And then when you got home, did you look it up and think, oh, my God, this is. This makes sadly- total sense.
1: Yeah, I thought this makes total sense. Subsequently, I saw another therapist before my son Ben was born, and she said it was Postpartum anxiety with um, obsessive compulsive um, Mm, thoughts and tendencies. Yeah. 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 And and that was meaningful too because there were times when Avery was a baby where I would have these extreme fears like, oh my gosh, she's not going to when i give her a bath something's going to happen and i would think oh, about yes. that like 20 times yes. just repeatedly 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 you're going to
0: fall down the stairs while holding her yeah
1: all kinds of you probably
0: like that. didn't want other people to take care of her were you okay leaving her with dave
1: no i wasn't And that was a crazy thing too, because when I think about Dave, he's incredibly capable. He's super responsible. He's a fantastic father. He's very hands-on. And you
0: felt like the only, you were the only person who could do.
1: Yeah. And in some ways I almost felt like I was protecting him too. Like what if he was extremely exhausted and I needed to be the strong person in the family and, and I could function without sleep and I could do all the work and he could get rest. And I just had a had to be the workhorse that was taking care of everything. And putting that all on myself was unrealistic and definitely part of the postpartum anxiety.
0: Yeah. It's, it's almost like the things that you need to do to help yourself during that time are things that seem undoable. Like Mm -hmm. you need to get eight hours of sleep. You need to. And it's like, I know Yeah, (laughs) I also would like eight hours of sleep. Like, so it's, It's like they, you need the tools. Did they, did she, so what did she do after that appointment? Like, did you get tools where there, was there medicine yes. that was introduced?
1: Yeah. So there were tools, you know, oh, it's funny. Speaking of medicine, I remember going into that appointment thinking, oh my God, this could all be over in maybe two weeks because she'll give me a prescription for medicine mm-hmm. and I could be feeling better in two weeks and I would do anything for that to happen. This is a changing point in this experience. I'm going to get medicine. Yeah. And she said, I want to give you these tools and I want to try some cognitive yeah, behavioral CDT. therapy. Yeah, and so we went that route. Um, the tools that she gave me, which I still kind of use them to this day, to realize that the period that I was in was temporary. And it's so funny, now that my daughter's almost four, yeah, that period's temporary. But when yeah. somebody tells you that when you're in it, no, no. way, Yeah. It's, it's the most important Most all-consuming thing in your whole entire life.
0: Yeah. And it's not to lessen it. Right. It doesn't lessen it knowing that it's temporary, but it also helps to know, like, when you're in depression, you're like, this is it. This is life now. This is my life. And it's not, that's not true. Yeah. It's not always going to be like that. But you sometimes just need help to get out of that. It doesn't just go away on its own sometimes.
1: You make such a good point because I thought the anxiety was the way that I was going to be. I didn't As have any mother. other children. Yeah. yeah. I just thought anxiety was... This is parenthood This now. is what parenthood
0: yeah. is like. Yeah. I mean, it kind of... The anxiety about your children doesn't stop. It just lessens or yeah. maybe it ebbs and flows.
1: Yeah. And they get easier. You know, when they're little, there are so many things that can... Happening go wrong when they get older, they're taking care of themselves, you're yeah. getting better sleep. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: I think every parent has said the same joke when they leave the hospital, which is like, they're letting me go home with like this. <laughs> and that is so sad to me. I'm like, we're all so vastly unprepared. Yes. For parenthood because we we take all the birthing classes and the breastfeeding classes and all of this. And then afterwards you're like, now what?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it helps to have a community around you of people who also are in that same stage. And you didn't have that. You were completely isolated.
1: That's true. I don't think I realized until meeting with the therapist and maybe a year or two had gone by that in a lot of ways, I lost my identity when we moved to Atlanta and when we had our daughter.
0: Yeah. You stopped working.
1: Yeah, I did. Which I love working. Yeah, That's my favorite Dang, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) It's not unfortunate. It brings you a lot of joy. It
1: does. I love the challenge. And then our friends from New York weren't there. Yeah. There was no outlet. Yeah. You know, living in New York, you also get a lot of physical activity. And I love to
0: just walk out your door and go get coffee just to get the fresh air. And you weren't getting that.
1: No, I definitely wasn't. And that's one of the things that the um, therapist said. She said, You've got to get outside every single day because I was sitting in the apartment with Avery and and i didn't really know where i was it wasn't like we were we in a really walkable yeah. area so um
0: what else did i she... interrupted you yes the oh, tools yeah. that she gave you
1: she also said um okay so make plans outside of the house um look for mother groups mm-hmm. which i did find a few of them and that was great how did you find them um facebook i think my obgyn told me about a there was something called like Haven Higgy house Huga oh, house. Yes. yes. That was indicator. indicator. Yes. They're, which has, they're reopened. Yes. I did see their reopened. They're called blooms. Yes. Bloms. I'm so B-L-O-M-S-T. glad that they were there because I remember meeting a couple of other people during that time. And that was really helpful. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember going to a mom's group. It had like eight sessions, one e- each week for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And I actually found it kind of triggering hearing other people's stories. Oh, So
0: it wasn't helpful.
1: That particular part of going to the group where it was like group therapy and everybody could sit around and talking about, they were talking about the things that were difficult for them. Yeah. I found that really challenging Interesting. hearing everybody else's stuff.
0: Cause you thought, Oh, is that about to happen to me?
1: It was like, I was already so deep in this anxiety that hearing mm. other people's hard stories made me. It was like piling on the layers of yes. just hearing more and more bad. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, at that time, but I loved the free time in that group. Uh, it, I'm sorry, at Haven Hooga House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved just like letting every be on the ground, talking to other mothers, getting a cup of coffee. Um, so I, I didn't love the the actual um, group therapy all that much, but I can see how it would benefit other people. You know, it's funny in group therapy. Some of the other mothers were saying they were surprised at how well they were doing with the lack of sleep. Oh. Uh, And I remember not speaking up. Who are these people? No. No. I remember not speaking up because I was dealing with the lack of sleep so poorly. Yeah. It was ruining me. Oh,
0: those people need a separate group. I did. We need to shave off the people who are not being, or what?
1: I know, I know. I mean,
0: I guess good for them. Those are the people who are like, my baby slept through the night at six weeks and I didn't even try. Yes. Ooh. You know, good for you. Yeah. That did not happen for me. No,
1: no, it didn't. It didn't. And I remember, I remember meeting a gal there and I was, we became friends. We went out to a couple of lunches together and I was so obsessed with the sleep that I wasn't getting that I think the only thing I talked to her about was, was, sleep. was sleep. We're not friends anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's like, how do I stop texting this girl back? <laughs> I know. Oh,
1: so, no. if you know who you are and you're out there, I'm
0: sorry. I talk about that. <laughs> I'm <in> sleep. <laughs> you know what? When I'm in my funk, I realize the only thing I talk about is my depression. <laughs> Like, that's why I'm like don't invite me to parties i'm not fun i'm
1: gonna talk about depression at this
0: party yeah. <laughs> are you talking about how sad we are no uh-huh. okay i'm gonna go that's like an
1: emo party
0: oh for sure i thrived with the angst years <laughs> the late 2000s
1: yeah elliot smith is yeah. <laughs> oh gosh yeah, yeah, bon Iver. yeah. Um, Oh, uh,
0: that's so interesting. God, you were just dying for connection on that uh, front. You wanted someone to be like, it's awful. I know. Like, let's just commiserate about it.
1: Yeah, I was so lonely. And I so desperately wanted to get back to the upbeat person that I was, but mm-hmm. I was tired.
0: Yeah, it's no joke. I remember reading a book. Um, I felt like with Claire, maybe I'm just doing that thing where I like, it's it called like whitewashing, where I just whitewash over all the bad stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's great. I mean, I know I had a really hard time with her, but Every time she cried, I just got out of bed and I powered. Yep. and I. But with Ollie, I, by, every time he would cry in the middle of the night, it, I'd start crying. I'd be like, no, no, yeah. Brian, you get him. And I'd get angry. And I would be reading a book to Claire at night and it was like, night, night, horse, in tight in your barn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be a cozy animal in a barn that's tucked in with a blank. I miss my nights. Like, I want to be like Claire in her dark room with her sound machine and sleep 12 hours. I know. you So desperately, <laughs> I like reached a point where I was like, it, I know this is temporary. Like everyone kept saying, okay, just a few more weeks, just a few more. This is like, just do it. And I'm like, I know, yeah. like, every single night knowing it was happening it was like it almost broke me
1: you know you bring up something so important i saw a post about this and i'd forgotten about it because it was the core of who i was during that time i started having my panic attacks at like two and three o'clock in the afternoon because I knowing I'd, the
0: night was coming knowing the
1: night was coming i'd for sure been awake since like 4 a.m yeah and it was the afternoon i needed a nap so badly I wasn't allowing myself to take naps because of the anxiety and the obsessive compulsive thoughts. And then, you know, it would get a little bit better at seven when Dave would come home, but I knew that I was going to be getting up, you know, two and three times and not being able to sleep. And it, it was really rough. And that compounds itself. Like nobody... I don't think people take care of themselves well enough around mm-hmm. that. That really compounds itself into, yeah. I read, eventual psychosis you can get. If you're not taking care of some of these these panic attacks, the, the anxiety that you have, getting yourself sleep, like how do we take care of ourselves in a situation? It's so
0: bad. I remember it was like two months in. And there was just laundry surrounding me. And I was like, I should be able to have like figured this out by now. Right. I should have figured out a routine. And there is no routine. Yeah. And you see people that are like six weeks back at the gym. And I'm like, the thought of going for a walk would, I know would benefit me. But I can't because in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I have 20 minutes. What do I do? Do I do the dishes? Do I do the laundry? Should I look up meals to cook? Or should I just sit here on Instagram? Or should I try to take a nap? And then you're like, well, there was 10 minutes. There goes 10 minutes of my time. And And so, oh, my God, it's incredibly isolating. It's also incredibly unpredictable. You never know how your baby is going to – how long their nap is going to be. Yeah, the taking care of yourself totally falls by the wayside.
1: You know, to go back to what we were saying about – um, you take the birthing classes. I remember reflecting and saying to a friend who actually just had her first yeah. baby, you know, it's good to take the birthing classes, but I really would take the classes where they teach you how to ba- bathe the baby and yeah. put on the diaper and cut the Are nails. Are there classes and, like that? Yeah. When I lived in <laughs> New York, nice. they had a number of classes like that. And I remember thinking, well, that's going to be fine. I'm not going to have a problem with the baby afterwards. I need to take the birthing classes. And I told my friend, the birth is sort of like maybe you got in a little car accident Mm -hmm. and it was an incident and it happened and it was very quick, but you need the therapy and tips afterwards of how to deal with the incident that just happened to you. And I wish I had taken some classes. It's so hard. after. There was
0: a friend, not there was, I do have a friend (laughs) who went, 6 weeks postpartum schedules a couples therapy. Mm. And I was like, "Oh my god, how beneficial is that?" by 6 weeks you're at each other's throat. Yeah. And you just need a third party to be like, "You guys are in this together. Yeah. What can he help you with? What could, you know, you yeah. do to help yourself?" And That would be so incredibly helpful. I mean, I was married. I was. I am married. (laughs) Do I need (laughs) to know something? No, I am married to a pediatrician. Like, I had built in support, Mm -hmm. which was incredibly helpful. I rarely, I never really had to take my baby in and be like, what happened here? Yeah. They have black poop did they eat blueberries? Yes. That's why. Like it wasn't, I didn't have to do any of that, but it was almost harder because I was like, why aren't you panicking with me? Yes. Everything is okay. You keep, uh, that's okay. That's okay. I feel like a crazy person because I don't feel like things are okay. Yeah. You know? And so it was like, he, I made him change all of the diapers. I made him give the baths. I made him clip the toenail. Like, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to break her. And granted, it does get easier with the second. Yeah. And I'm curious what changed your mind from, I'm assuming you only wanted one child because you did not want to experience what you experienced postpartum.
1: Yeah. That was a really big part of it. And I want to say to my son, Benjamin, if you're listening to this, like five years, 10 years on whatever, you're just the most beautiful thing. Very wanted. Mm -hmm. I love you so much. Um, we, you know, we love to travel Mm-hmm. And as Avery was getting older, she was, you know, 12 months old and she was cool. She was 18 months old and she was super cool. And we were like, <laughs> I think we're going to maybe hit the road. But yeah, a big part of it was, I don't think I can go through that again because I don't know if I'll make it. Yeah. Um. And so I remember we actually, when Avery was a year old, and this is May, 2020, we called the IVF doctor because we had four embryos left and we said, you know, do we put more in? If we decide we don't want to put more in, what do we do? And just had a consult about it. And then I ended up getting pregnant the following December. Mm. So we never really took any action and, and we just kind of had floated along like we weren't going to. I will say we felt a sense of There was still like 5% of us that really thought we should have another child. We would want another child. I remember you saying that Ollie was such a beautiful addition to the Mm -hmm. family and that you really love him. And I feel that way about Ben Mm -hmm. 100% now. Um, He's just such a beautiful person. He's He's very sweet. When I would conceptualize going through a pregnancy and then coming out the other side and having a newborn, I was thinking that I probably wouldn't make it. Mm -hmm. But there was a big difference between the two. And it was that I got myself into therapy two months after I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I spent February through August 2021 in therapy once a week preparing for Ben's birth Mm -hmm. and the time after that. Um, I learned so many things about myself. Yeah. And one of the things that I found out was that it was postpartum anxiety with the obsessive compulsive thoughts. Mm -hmm. We talked about the obsessive compulsive thoughts relentlessly in the session. Obsessively. (laughs) Yeah. I think the therapist was like... (laughs) Okay, I hope we're, I hope this really helps because we really are talking about the subject a lot. But we would talk about the bedtime routine. We would talk about you know I had to make sure everything was set up before the bedtime routine. I had to if I didn't want to do a bath one day, that was okay. That wasn't the end of the world. The baby would probably sleep mm-hmm. through the night. All of these things. Yeah. Um. And and it helped so very much. We also found out that uh, I have some trauma in my childhood, and that probably contributed to my fears and the postpartum anxiety. Um, I had a big hand in raising my younger brothers. And I remember one of the first sessions with the therapist that I saw before um, my son was born. She said, well, I can see why you had postpartum anxiety and why you feel, feel fearful about having another child. You've already raised two children in some ways Mm -hmm. when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And that was so like, something I had never thought about yeah like that opened my mind so much I was like wow I I never really thought about it as raising children I just thought I was kind of their big sister there all the time but there was a lot of responsibility put on your
0: identity was unlocked
1: it was it was fascinating so um
0: God, I love therapy for that reason. Yeah.
1: she saw something that I had never seen. I mean, I'm, I'm almost 40. I had this conversation when I was 38 mm-hmm. and she, in one, one session was like, well, yeah, here's, here's a, you know, an indicator as to why you feel the way you do. And yeah. so it was, it was fascinating. Um, And so I feel like with the second pregnancy and second birth, I set myself up for success Mm -hmm. and I took all the work I did the work and I I wish that other people would think about themselves you know we spend so much time setting up the nursery and getting all the cutesy Mm -hmm. little stuff not an a tiny bit of that matters yeah none of that matters what really matters is you yourself taking care of yourself because the best version of yourself is going to be the best parent
0: I, I remember Glennon talked about this, but, like, there's this myth that, like, motherhood is martyrdom. Mm-hmm. And look what a good mom she is. She's giving all of herself for her kids. She's putting everything before herself. And it's it's just not – it's not a helpful image to have. Yeah. Because, God, I'm a much better mother when I have a few hours to myself in the day. Yeah. Because I'm more patient. I'm, but – I had the view that the more time I spent with my kid, the better mother I was when in reality I would just yell at them more. And, and so if we can get that image and that stigma out of our head, that we need to put everything before ourselves and that we're selfish if we don't, I think we would be doing ourselves a bigger service.
1: It's so true. And one of the things I found out through the first woman, That I saw the first therapist I saw when I was having the suicidal thoughts was, I need to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. But I also love exercise, and I've Mm. always loved exercise. And living in New York was was about exercise. It was we were walking places, and um, you just
0: move your body so much in New York,
1: so much. And that was something that I went back to when Benjamin was born, probably
0: pretty quickly,
1: very quickly, and it was for. My sanity, yeah, and I very quickly felt so thankful to have the opportunity. the The kids' daycare is right next to the gym, the one I was going to at the time, and I could drop them off, and then I could go sit on a spin bike. Now, I'm not telling you I was spinning very well, and I'm not <laughs> the best spinner. I'm actually a shitty cardio person. I really Same. don't do well at that. But it was time for me. It was exercising my thoughts. When I go to exercise, I my brain goes somewhere else for forty five minutes, and it works through all the problems. And I pop out the other side better, mm. and I sleep better at night, and I feel like I got my time. and And so that's what I do now. Like I try to go three and four days a week, and it helps me yeah. be a better person.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And you. You took that time for yourself and I'm proud of you. And the difference is that you had alone time. You let yourself have alone time and you didn't when you had Avery.
1: No way. Yeah. It would have been inappropriate for me to go get alone time away from her. I would have been a bad parent. Yeah. And that's not God, fair to it's not me. That's not helpful. Yeah. No. Not a
0: helpful thought. Mm-hmm. I um Christine and I are both members of this Facebook group here in Atlanta called the Mom Posse. And if you're someone who just had a baby um, and you're feeling isolated, we're not meant to feel isolated. We're not meant to raise babies alone. Yeah. We're meant to have a village around us. The mom posse is a great online village. And there's places like we just said, like the Haven Hookah house turned into, I think blooms bloom- bloom- yeah. in Decatur. And then there's the bunny hive yes. here in Shambly, which I wish I had. I raised Ollie during the pandemic. yeah, <laughs> So we didn't, I didn't have anything like that. And, I did stuff like that with Claire at Gymboree, and it's just to be with other moms, to get out of the house, to dress yourself, Yeah, it just feels so good. It does feel good. And it's very necessary. It takes a village. I'm glad you're part of mine.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you're part of mine. I mean, and I think a big reason that having Ben was so easy was because I could go to you and Natalie, and we could Mm -hmm. have a girls' night, or we could go for a walk or something like that. Yeah. We could commiserate. There was no one else. And I think we should get away. I think part of setting yourself up for success when you're having a child is, yes, potentially seeking therapy, thinking what you're going to do for yourself after the baby is born, you know, Mm -hmm. getting back to your favorite things. And I'll pause and say, I actually remember saying to Dave four-ish months after having been it's time for us to get back to the things that we loved and who we were before we had kids. Mm-hmm. You love playing hockey. And if you want to play hockey, I think you need to go back and do that. Yeah, I loved doing, you know, whatever kinds of things I love doing traveling. It's time to go back to the people that we were before kids. And I think our kids will benefit from that. But the main thing I was going to say is, you know, we, we have this like nuclear family identity where it's, it's us four against the world. No yeah. way. Yeah. I, I remember saying to the therapist, when I was having postpartum anxiety, you know, all I want to do is just go get a cup of coffee. And she was like, if you had lived a hundred years ago, you would have, because you would have had your mother and your aunt and Mm -hmm. your cousin to watch the baby while you took a nap or went to get a Mm -hmm. cup of coffee. We weren't meant to be in this isolated nuclear family situation. We need to be parts of villages and, and you're my village. No,
0: thank you. Thank you for being on.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely welcome.
0: Vulnerable and courageous and brave and all the things.
1: Oh, well, I um, thank you for doing this.
0: Yes. And I want to reiterate, we um, also say this in our outro song, but if you need help, immediate source for that is calling 988. Um, And also, I think it's psychology.com. You can type in your zip code and you are able to find, um, it's like a dating site for (laughs) therapy. You can go through and find who you want. I have a few resources. Feel free to reach out to me privately for people that I've gone to that are focused on um, postpartum. And um, we are here for you if you need anything. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Congrats. You made it to the end of our show. If you liked it, please share it with your friends and leave a review. If you didn't like it, don't worry about it. It will only cause us to spiral. We also want to reiterate that we are not experts, but please do call or text the people at the new mental health hotline at 988 because they are. Join in on the conversation on our Substack page at one fry short pot. See you there.